0: In this time of isolation, it's easy to focus on ourselves. However, that is not what God calls us to do. In life, God calls us to go and make disciples. But what does that truly mean? In this episode, I, Austin Greer, am joined with Brett Sow to discuss the basic principles of discipleship. This is the Kingdom Advance Podcast. Alright, welcome back to the Kingdom Advance Podcast, episode 9. We are in the heart of this pandemic. Um, You you were the smart one. You wore a hat today. I've got my shaggy hair because I can't go to the barbershop.
1: But how are you doing? I'm doing well. And I wore a hat because I don't have much hair. Okay. So uh, (laughs) I didn't really want that to be on Mm on the camera or anything like that. Obviously, it's videoed. Uh, as well as a podcast so if we were just doing a podcast I probably would just come in here in pajamas and yeah. I wouldn't have dressed up but uh, I felt like I needed to dress up put a hat on and, and no, uh, you I look, wish I could cover my face up but you, you look know, good <laughs> you look good thanks man
0: so we're here with Brett Sal today um, Brett how how's your life going
1: you're working from home you having some family time right now is it good is it bad so working from home is different uh, I'm an enrollment counselor at Campbellsville University yep. and uh, working from home is uh, it's a struggle right now because, you know, part of my job is is being the face of, of CU and and going out and recruiting students and, and meeting with counselors and mm-hmm. getting them uh, ready for this next step, which is college. And um, it's just been really difficult for that aspect. So I've been doing a lot of emails, texting, uh, phone calls, things yeah. like that from home. Uh, but uh, family time, uh, my wife had been working up. Yep. Up until yesterday, right. pretty much today, was actually her first official day where she didn't have to go in. So you've been holding down the fort. So, yeah, been holding the fort down. Uh, but, uh, of course, Blakely, my six-month-old, she's uh, loves Moana, so we watch it about eight times a day. Awesome. And uh, so that's good, though. Uh, it gives me uh, time with her, mm-hmm. um, but also it's like... Okay, somebody take her. I got to work. I yeah. got to do this. I can't type while I'm holding her. Uh, but uh, it's a good time just to be at home and try to remain healthy. Because obviously, when you have a kid, you uh, you try to think about those things a little bit more yeah. and take it more seriously when you have a baby at home. So yeah,
0: and we're in full effect of social distancing. We, other than my fiance's family you're like the only person I've saw in the last two weeks, so I'm like really excited to just talk to somebody other than the people I've been with. Um, but Brett, you're college leader at South um, Campbellsville Baptist Church in Campbellsville, yeah. and you have a um, college ministry here in Campbellsville, 601, South 601 is what you guys call it. Right. Tell me a little bit about that before we get into what we actually want to talk about.
1: So yeah, we... Kind of started this, kicked it off um, a couple of months ago, really. Um, right before we kind of really got it going right before all this pandemic and everybody was yeah. sent home. So it was an unfortunate time for all this to start. But, um, you know, at South Kansas Baptist Church, we. Uh, got together, uh, some of us who are leaders in, and and some college students as well, and we just kind of sat down and, and we prayed and discussed about this vision of what we wanted to see out of this college ministry, mm-hmm. um, and so we named it uh, 60, South 601 because it's South Kimball Baptist Church and it's 601 is the, the number of the address, yeah. and so uh, and we started your lap there. yeah we started <laughs> at 601 yeah uh, so everything is 601 I like it um, but uh, we kind of just sat down we prayed about what we wanted to see happen in this. And so the biggest thing was uh, really just growing together uh, in God's word and kind of uh, building up one another and edifying one another and, and watching uh, these college students kind of uh, grow together and then watching them advance the kingdom as they go out. And so kingdom advanced podcast. Yeah. Love uh, so, so they can go out and, and feel like, uh, they're empowered to do those things because they've been gifted the Holy Spirit just as we have mm. older generation, younger, no matter who you are, as long as you're a follower of Christ, you have that Holy Spirit. And so we're just wanting to help kind of urge them on yep. uh, to, to grow deeper in the word and be challenged by the word. Discipleship. To go, right. That's, that's what we're talking about. Discipleship. Exactly, exactly
0: what we're talking about today. And, and I think it's interesting because as Christians, we sometimes think maybe we've been on this walk for a while and we think we have to like, we think we have to expand our knowledge and, and go deep and go deeper and go deeper. But what we don't realize is that most of the people we're trying to disciple are people on a very surface level of their spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. And so I want this episode kind of just to go back to the basics of discipleship 101. Yeah. Because sometimes we go so far ahead, and whenever we're, we're talking to people, we think we're—like expl- if we, if there was a scale of 1 to 10, we think we're explaining it maybe at a three, but that's not their three. That's maybe their seven. They don't know what we're mm-hmm. even talking about. And so discipleship one-on-one, we got to go back to the beginning. And so the first thing with that, I think before you even go forward, you have to take a step back. Yeah. And so with that, I want to ask you, with discipleship, who kind of showed
1: you what discipleship really meant? Um, it was It's kind of funny because uh, growing up uh, – I became a believer at nine. Um, that's when I gave my life to Christ. And so growing up, uh, my grandma was actually that example for my, my entire family, let alone just me. Um, but I would not say I was truly discipled the way I should have been discipled. Um, and that's kind of why I'm so passionate about it now. Um, because when I look at scripture and I see what it looks like to truly be discipled and for someone to walk alongside that, that, doesn't just mean a college pastor or a youth pastor mm-hmm. or a grandma. That it, it's more than that, and so um, it was a calling by the church. So I wasn't discipled as well as I, I, I felt like I should have been mm-hmm. or wanted to be, um, but I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, but my grandma, she was the the spiritual rock of the family, and she still is. And so she led by example. Yeah. Um, obviously, she wasn't the things that maybe I struggle with as an adolescent male, she didn't struggle with as an yeah. adolescent female. So it was kind of hard to, to kind of connect those and bridge that gap. Um, but she did what she could. And so my youth pastors growing up, they were great too as well. Um, but, you know, I went to Hillview Heights Church and there hmm. was 200, 300 youth in the yeah. in the ministry. And so you could never ask a youth pastor to just disciple every right. student like, like I, they needed to be. And so um, that's why it's such a big thing for me now. is because for, for me growing up, I really, I was in the dark about it. Yeah. I really didn't know. And I
0: agree. I I love my family, and my family always showed me unconditional love, and my grandma as well. She was my like spiritual leader by example. Yeah, but I don't think I ever truly grasped what discipleship meant. I knew what love meant, but right. love and discipleship, those are two very, you got you to be careful because love is not discipleship. Um, but w- with that being said, ha- do you think, like, what is the difference between people showing love unconditionally and people showing a true example of what discipleship means? Because I think there has to be a fine line between those two.
1: Well, the way you describe it, Um, With family, obviously family love you unconditionally and sacrificially, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're discipling you in a way that they should. I think unconditional love and discipling go hand in hand, uh, but there's an action that is taken with discipleship as far as um, follow me as I follow Christ. As I walk alongside, if I'm discipling you, I'm walking alongside you in your walk. And I'm just helping you. I'm trying to lead by example. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to show you what God's word says, hold you accountable to that Mm -hmm. and say, this is the truth. And this is what you need to walk in. This is how you need to walk. And it's, and obviously if, if I'm doing that, I love you. Like I want you to grow spiritually. And that's ultimately what we want to see in discipleship. So uh, my family, even my grandma or whatever, They loved me and they would put food on the table and they would buy me clothes and take care of all those needs. But like spiritual needs, like outside of the church and outside of the church leadership, who loved me then? Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's where uh, discipleship and love can kind of fit in. Mm -hmm. But discipleship is more than just uh, a feeling or a statement. Yeah. it's, It's action.
0: Yeah. And I think love can sometimes fuel who we disciple. Right. because we 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 want to say we love everybody yeah. and we've known each other for about four years now since my freshman year of college here at Campbellsville and you took me under your wing really quick and you kind of always got me involved in stuff always invited me um, to anything you were kind of leading um, and with that being said we're kind of the same person you know like we have our likes we're, we have a lot of things in similar yeah. and it's really maybe easy for you to to disciple me because we are the same person and it may be easier. How, like, what are those steps we got to take to disciple those people that are maybe hard to love are different than us. Maybe a female in your youth, um, college ministry, and yeah. you guys don't have the same life experiences. You don't go right. through the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, your difficulties are not her difficulties. So how hard yeah. or maybe what steps do we take in discipling those types of people?
1: Yeah, so I think the most important thing when it comes to church is loving people right where they are, mm. and trying to find out where they are spiritually. Um, because something uh, I've been a part of almost every type of ministry you can think of in the in the church body, uh, from youth pastor to college ministry to interim pastor, yeah. and so I, I even getting to lead a church for a little while. Uh, what I find Really similar in all of those is that no matter if they're 70 or, or 15 or 25, you're going to find different uh, spiritual maturity in, in different areas. So like you might find a 60 year old who's been a Christian for 30 years who's still drinking milk. Yeah, um, and then you might find a, a teenager who's sixteen, seventeen that is literally on fire for the Lord and is mm-hmm. growing just astronomically, leaps and bounds, and is like skipping over you, and yeah. you're like, whoa, you need to disciple me now, right? Uh, and so, no matter where you're at, now you you can find the. Uh, you got to find where they are spiritually. That Mm -hmm. way you can walk alongside them, begin to walk alongside them, whether they're they're a parent or a grandparent or whether they're they're a a student or a girl who's got a guy problems or a guy with girl problems or whatever addictions may be showing up. You just have to meet them where they are and try to build that relationship. That's the start of anything. It's just showing that you're willing to be there for them to help them whenever they need it. Yeah, that's
0: that's really good. I like how you said maybe there's... Young person that's really on fire. Like, I mean, gosh, this person needs to be discipling me. And I, I remember when I was in high school, I always, I always thought that I just needed to be disciple to get poured into because I, did, I felt like I wasn't at that level that I could yeah. disciple somebody, that I right. could lead someone to Christ. And I just felt like I always needed to be plugged into to be, um, have people pour into me. Where do you, is there like a a balance between getting discipled and doing the discipling? Is, mm-hmm. is there a certain like, all right, I, I can be a discipler 70% of the time, but 30% I've got to get discipled myself. Mm-hmm. Do you, Have you felt that in your spiritual walk that if you do so much, you're almost given what you, you can't even take in?
1: Yeah, I think there's no limit. I, I, I think as soon as you become a Christian um, – the Bible, you know, when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, he's not leaving anyone out. Mm. He's talking to all, all disciples and all followers of him. And so I think always we should have a heart for discipleship and to disciple someone, Yeah, but we should always need to be discipled too, no matter where we're at in our walk. Uh, And so that's important for me to have people I can go to. That's important for any age to have someone. But I remember when I, you know, first came a believer and a lot of us have this story we kind of had this fire and like all my cousins and younger siblings like i wanted to show them what it looked like to follow christ even though i didn't really know as a nine-year-old what that looked like but i tried to be that example for them and so you have that fire that's given to you by the holy spirit and you want to set that example for us so you want to begin discipleship early uh, but obviously when you're younger, you need that more because you're still trying to learn. But I, I over time, man, I still feel like over time I, I, I need it just as much, um, as I, as I did when I was, I was younger. And yeah. so the, the good thing is I have it. It's more available to me now, um, than it was when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I still feel like I need that. I need that constant yeah. and I can feel when I haven't been in communication with those people in my life and I can definitely feel the difference between like man I just I really need someone to to help me with this or at least give an ear to it mm-hmm. you know things like that So, so
0: basically so. just a consistent flow of in and yeah. out in and out mm-hmm. and I think the hard thing for us is like maybe spiritual leaders or ministry leaders is that we see these big people you know just always like preaching always giving back always giving back and we're like oh my gosh i'm not i gotta be that but what we don't see is behind closed doors the people who are consistently just pouring into them on a daily basis on a weekly basis and i think that's one of the things that especially young ministry leaders and i know we have a lot of young people that listen to this podcast is that we feel like we just gotta give and give and give when it comes to discipling we just gotta Mm -hmm. give everything but what we don't see is w- with those leaders just as much as they're giving they're getting. and so i think that's yeah. so important with discipleship is that whatever's coming in has to be given out, mm-hmm. but we can't give out more than we're getting in. right. and i think that's very important.
1: yeah, well, you know, when you when you look at scripture and I always look to to Jesus and his example. um he never uh he never strayed away from going to spend time with the father. Mm-hmm um and then when he would preach to large crowds he would then go off to the side and teach to 12 wow yeah and he would walk alongside them daily and he would eat with them and he would call mm-hmm. them out and rebuke them and hold them accountable for things and so that's where you see that true act of discipleship taking place with the followers of Jesus was that he he never uh, relinquished going to the father and that he never relinquished spending quality time with mm-hmm. them, even when he had the large crowds he was preaching to. Yeah, that's good. And so regardless if our audience is 5,000 or three, how are you being um, intentional about those three? Hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, I, something I've been caught up in, and a lot of us who are in ministry get caught up in, is like, man, how do we get as good as these guys? Yeah. Like, But I think Jesus would call us, to lead the people that are right in front of us yeah. and do that well, because discipleship is a multiplication process. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately if, if I help change the lives of, of seven to eight people um, over the course of my life uh, that I feel like that doesn't mean that does better for me than if I was to just preach to thousands yeah. and and never built a relationship with any of them. Mm-hmm. You know? And
0: I saw, I saw a, a diagram once where it was, talking about if you just influenced a thousand people, but they never did anything with that compared to if you discipled like two people and they discipled two and they discipled two. Right. And like the number, I mean the number of the two was almost like 20 times greater than the yeah. 1000. Right. I think that sometimes we get in our head and you mentioned earlier that you've been in a multitude of ministry leadership positions. Mm-hmm. you You've been uh, interim pastor at Injunction City. Parable. Parable, Parable sorry. Baptist. Parable, um, close to Danville. And then you've had college ministry, youth ministry. Yeah. With all those different um, leadership positions, have you seen a difficulty kind of in um, discipleship that it's it's really hard, maybe you're, you're a younger guy discipling to older people, or is there not that disconnect? where, Like with discipleship,
1: yeah. is it hard to—
0: Reach those people you might not be. You
1: it, know, yeah, it can be it can be a little bit tougher, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. But um, it was funny because um, after I, you know, the day I announced that I was I was stepping down there, and Parable's getting ready to to bring in a, a new pastor. I, you know, one thing I told him was, you know, I've done youth ministry, college ministry, and now I've, I've handled it with you guys. I've mm-hmm. led you guys for you know nine months or so, and I said the one thing that I've learned. Is that there's a lot of similarities between youth and you guys. Yeah, and I said y'all are all dramatic. Oh yeah, I'd say <laughs> so. And, and so I got a laugh out of it. I'm sure some snarls. Yeah. But the point was, like, it it becomes tougher because I think sometimes uh, people who are older than you can can feel like they know a little bit more. Yeah. Kind of have a little bit more pride built up. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily you know, even as, as much my job as an interim pastor to truly discipleship those that are seventy and eighty. Like I think they have their own community that they need to work together. And I th- that's important because the church and the Bible saying all go make disciples, the church leaders are put in place to teach and to train yeah. so that those in the church can go do that. Yeah. Because that's how the church grows. It's not uh, all these different events that we do and, and putting flyers up and having a great sermon. Mm-hmm. It's about preaching and proclaiming the Word of God and edifying the church so that they can go out and make disciples.
0: So you maybe say the, maybe the way you present it is different depending on you know what position right. you're in, but the truth is the truth, the truth regardless. The truth. But yep. maybe the way you're just—obviously the way you present— and sometimes no, this isn't the case, but for the most part, the way you present it to a youth— event a youth uh, church is going to be a lot different compared to 60 and 70 year olds.
1: Right.
0: So also with that being said, I ha- I have a mentor in my life and uh, it- it's funny cause he's, I think he's in his sixties. He's a goofball mm-hmm. and he can joke around with young adults, but he's so good at discipling to youth, college kids, older people, like everybody looks up to him. Yeah. And I, I think about that when I'm thinking of mentorship. Is it important for a mentor? Let's say you have a mentor. Is it important that they are discipling to the same people you may be discipling to? So Maybe the same age group or, you know.
1: Yeah. um, I don't necessarily think that's essential Mm -hmm. um, because I think when you're in ministry in whatever area you do, you kind of have your network of, of people you work with Mm -hmm. and maybe have experience that or done that, that can help kind of glean ideas and things like that as far as trying to, uh, to have a successful ministry. Um, but as far as someone who's discipling you, I think it just needs to be someone who's willing to, to do that, willing to step into your, uh, Your location, your area, where you are spiritually, yeah, yeah, and just walk alongside you. Um, So, for instance, you know, a couple of my mentors are both evangelists and or or, or speaker guys or whatever you want to call them. They travel and they speak, and and one has a ministry in Haiti as well. Um, And so, but all of them have done different things in the church. And so they have experience in those type yeah. of things. So if I ever needed advice on youth or college or uh, just leading a church in general or discipleship, I know that I can go to them. But when I go to my mentors, it's it's because I want to grow spiritually. Yeah. They want to help me grow spiritually. They want to point good. me to the Word. And so I think it's important that if you're out there and you're listening to this, if you don't have someone who's mentoring you that's showing you the Word and pointing you to it and holding you accountable to that, find another yeah. one. Uh, because that's the most important thing is that you have someone who's discipling you so that you grow spiritually Mm -hmm. uh, through it all. That's the most important. You can have other people out there that you network with to help uh, build ideas and all those things, but you need someone who's going to uh, love you enough to tell you something you might not want to hear.
0: That's good. Something else we had talked about before um, recording this, and I'm really interested to see what you say. Because I, I'm always kind of in my head and over, maybe overanalyzing, overthinking things. But I, I want to get into youth ministry soon, maybe in the next six months. And oh I feel, Lord, g- I'll be praying for yeah, you. Yeah, you'll be praying <laughs> for me. But I feel God um, certainly lead me into youth ministry. And so with that being said, I've always thought, um, you know, you're, you have whatever, a weekly schedule of where you meet with your youth. And is it important— to bring outside sources. And what I mean by outside sources, people who your youth don't always see. So maybe you have a good Mm -hmm. friend and you bring them in to speak with your college or your youth. Is it important to always have those outside sources kind of pouring into a church? Because even big churches, we've seen that, they'll have pastors come in from other churches. Is that important compared to just that one person on a weekly basis? Does it get stale or like... What have you experienced in your ministry so far with that?
1: I think it's a good occasion to get perspective from others. Yeah. Um, And if it's something you're doing where you're actually teaching a lesson or someone's coming in as a guest speaker, like those things um, don't really harm the discipleship process. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the time outside of the service that really discipleship is developed uh, with your Mm -hmm. students. And so um, it's the time you spend outside the Wednesday and Sunday. Hmm. For those that have 15 to 20 in their youth, that's easy to do. If you have 150, that becomes a lot more difficult. And that's when you lean a lot on your volunteers and your older uh, students, older believers to disciple those who are younger. Mm -hmm. Um, But that means it's so vital to pour into those that are older and your volunteers as well um because you know they're needed in that. So I don't I think it's good to have that different perspective. I think yeah. you have to be careful who you allow that's true. Uh, in the pulpit and who's preaching like are, are they going to preach truth uh, mm-hmm. because I've had to I've had to go back and after someone's preaching I've had to say yeah. okay forget what you just heard. Wow. And that's that's not easy to do. Yeah. Um uh, but that's why it's so important yeah. as leaders we are careful about who we give a mic to. Yeah. Um, and, and something that we, we discipleship is just, it's kind of a little bit different because you want to hear from other people. Yeah. You do do
0: want to hear other perspectives and be, you always got to be careful. Right. Um, because you could build up something. So, I mean, over a long period of time and then one person Mm -hmm. can come and kick that down and demolish it. it. So as, as we begin to close this, I want to ask you a two part question right here. And so we, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I want to, I want to go back to it. Um, I wanna ask you two things. When it's hard and people aren't open to discipleship, and let's start off with people who just don't want to be discipled, maybe non Christians, maybe even Christians sometimes don't want to be discipled. What 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 is like some practical ways to get over that hump of when people don't want to be discipled? And I'll let you answer that and then I'll kinda of go in the
1: next one. Um practically this is the truth. You just you, you have to move on huh. uh, you can only knock on the door so long for someone answer if no one's gonna answer and let you in yeah. you just gotta you got to move on uh, because when they want to be discipled they'll know that you're available yeah um, I think that's the most important thing is that you're letting them know hey I'm available whenever yeah. you need me I'm here uh, I think uh, obviously pushing people too much who don't want to be discipled can be uh, you know, it it can kind of deflect a relationship, but at the same time, there's so many other people who are out there who are hungry to be discipled yeah. that might not be getting that um, that you could go to. Yeah, and so it's just it's I mean, it's tough, but you have to do. it I sometimes. get that, and
0: and there may be even power in moving on because I've had friends where I'll, I'll like push them and push them, and then it's that those moments when I start stop pushing them, they're like, "Hey, what what happened here?" Like I like that, mm-hmm. and that's when they like start clinging to what what you have to say. Yeah. And so the last thing, um, whenever you're trying to disciple someone, we, we kind of talked about this, maybe it's um, a different gender or a different age, and you can't quite penetrate that relationship, and you can't quite get um, vulnerability from that person. How important is it maybe to bring in, which you, your wife in this case, but maybe someone who can relate more to them, mm-hmm. is there's... How much level of importance is it in that kind of bringing someone else in who can relate to their situation?
1: Yeah, I, you know, that is so important, especially when you're you know and you're dealing with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why a ministry partner is so vital. Yeah. Having someone who uh, wants to pour into students or to the people of the church just like you do yeah. um, because when those things come up, and I I seem to can't be getting through to them or whatever, I know that that Courtney can come along and she can help out um, and kind of be that, hey, I've I've walked your shoes. I've been there. I can help you with this. Um, And so, and, and the vice versa. And also in college ministry, what's cool is, We have students who are, you know, seniors getting ready to graduate who are leaders. Yeah. And so these freshmen that come along don't really know Mm -hmm. what's going on or or what to do. They can also lean towards them. So I don't feel all the pressure or the leaders don't feel all the pressure to to disciple someone. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about discipleship and is a good way to end. Disciples make disciples who make disciples. Mm -hmm. That's good. And so that's where multiplication comes from. If you look in the first century church, that's how... It grew so rapidly was because people were willing to share about Christ. And then when people were converted, they didn't just leave them. They didn't give up on them. Yeah. Uh, they went to the water, baptized them, and they started living so together good. and doing life together.
0: Let's go. And yeah. even with that, when you bring in those people who have different perspectives, man, doesn't it just change your own perspective when you allow someone to, maybe you can't get to that person and disciple them, but you bring in your wife or whatever, it opens up your perspective. Because you were so close-minded and I'm like I can't get to this person I can't get to this
1: person but it was so easy maybe for someone else because they can relate well and that, that's just the power of the Holy Spirit working through yeah. each of us and we all have a purpose mm-hmm. and and God's given us that purpose and that voice and he calls us to use it and so that's why I think there's no uh, there's no uh, you know exemptions to the to the commandment you yeah. make disciples you know boy girl, man, woman, doesn't matter. Go make disciples. That's good, man. Brett, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um,
0: If you like what Brett said, go over to your college ministry podcast south 601 south 601 apple podcast spotify yeah spotify okay
1: apple um, you can send us a, a DM on the south 601 that's where we are on instagram awesome and uh, we can send you kind of a link that, that takes you a little bit more to the apple side of things yeah. um, but spotify we're, we're on spotify ready to go we're actually getting ready to record two more awesome episodes so yeah we will keep thriving awesome. thank you for coming on appreciate it that man. is Thanks.
0: a wrap for episode 9 of the kingdom Events podcast till next time Peace.